नाइटी कुरुक्षेत्र रैंक नंबर टू इन टर्म्स ऑफ द वर्स्ट रैगिंग एवर टी यू नो बंकिंग एंड रेगुलर लेक्चर्स एंड ट्राइंग यू नो गेट अप इन टाइम फॉर द फर्स्ट वन ट्राइंग टू डू प्रोक्सीज बट एट दैट टाइम इट वॉज वेरी क्लियर इन आर माइंड दैट यू नो इफ यू डन योर इंजीनियरिंग यू हैव टू डू योर एम बी ए एंड एम बी ए फ्रॉम अ गुड इंस्टीट्यूट एंड दैट विल ओनली यू नो सेट अप योर लाइफ दैट इज दैट इज द कॉन्सेप्ट इंजीनियरिंग क्यों करी अगर एम बी ए करना था एम बी ए करके ऐसा क्या मिला जो इंजीनियरिंग करके नहीं मिल सकता था यू नो सो देर आर टू यू नो कंसल्टेंट्स हैव दैट नैक ऑफ कि तुम्हारी घड़ी देख के तुम कोई टाइम बता देंगे यू नो आई मीन देर आर टॉक्स अबाउट कि मेरा बॉस अच्छा नहीं है आई डोंट लाइक वॉट आई एम डूइंग और आई एम वेकिंग अप एंड नौ बज गए कि क्या यार ऑफिस जाना है एंड आई डोंट यू नो फील लाइक गोइंग टू ऑफिस एंड यू नो वर्क फॉर वेलकम टू नेट कास्ट दफिशियल पॉडकास्ट ऑफ एन आई टी कुरुक्षेत्र एसोसिएशन एक्सप्लोर द इंस्पायरिंग स्टोरीज ऑफ आर कंप्लीस Join us as we dive into their life journeys, their contributions in various fields, and learn from the experiences of industry leaders. I'm your host, Madan Raneja, and today we would like to introduce you to a truly exceptional guest, Mr. Nitin Gupta, a seasoned professional who has left an indelible mark in the world of business and technology. Join me in welcoming Mr. Gupta, who is a distinguished alumnus of batch of 1992 to 96. from the electronics and communications branch under the electrical engineering department over the past two decades he has left his mark in the realms of government infrastructure resources retail manufacturing bhsi healthcare and beyond working across geographies including india the middle east the us uk and europe with a track record that boasts names like tcs wipro siemens accenture ibm and niit is not just witness industry transformations is being at the forefront of shaping them founder of the startup on high grounds and the brains behind why we are ventures our guest is currently steering sustainability initiatives and sales transformations as the vice president at capgemini invent his expertise spans from formulating game changing business strategies to spearheading it roadmap developments today We unravel the story of a leader who's not just adopted to change but thrived in it. Ladies and gentlemen, help me extend a warm welcome to Mr. Nitin Gupta. Thank you so much, sir, for accompanying us on Netcast. Without any further delay, let's get started. Firstly, how did you feel coming back to your alma mater after so many years? Do you like to share some memories from your college days? Right, uh, Madhav. Uh, thanks for that. Uh, you know glorious introduction you know so i didn't myself know that i was going through all those stuff you know over the past two decades but uh, yeah coming back to the question um you know i mean this is where it all began and you know the entire credit goes to where we started our education um the first of the professional degrees you know which i earned and uh, therefore you know nit kurukshetra holds a very special place uh in my heart uh and this is fortunately not the first time you know i'm coming back but we didn't try to do a pre covid reunion earlier in 2017 you know when we were all there and uh every time you know we come back you know there are changes which have happened over the campus uh there's some brilliant stuff you know which is happening you know in terms of batch size increase in terms of the courses which the colleges offering and all so all goes pretty well uh, you know from from that point of view but you know when you go through the bylanes of the campus and see your hostels where you were staying i mean it it does stir a lot of memory and with all the 
buddies and the friends, you know, who have come together, you know, we can relive so many of those older memories, uh, you know, which still seem fresh in our minds, uh, is like, is quite unbelievable. Uh, and, 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 you know, those memories, uh, are in one or two or three, because, you know, in our days, uh, you know, I, and I, and I'm sure that you guys don't know anything about it. There was something and we were notoriously known for our ragging. And IT Kurukshetra ranked number two uh, in terms of the worst ragging ever, uh, which could be given to freshers, you know, who were joining. Uh, I don't want to get into the gory details of it, but there used to be a concept of raids where the second year guys used to raid our hostels in night. And uh, we used to then run helter-skelter, you know, across the gates of Kurukshetra, you know, which seems to be pretty much, you know, concretized now. But uh, the raids and the ragging, you know, with the junior, uh, with the seniors, were a pretty uh, exasperating experience. But at the same time, those ragging also helped us to bond, you know, very closely with our seniors and also till date, uh, you know, uh, we have excellent relationships with our seniors and all. That was one. Uh, the other memory was obviously, you know, bunking and regular lectures and trying to, you know, get up in time for the first one trying to do proxies, which I'm sure that, you know, also probably happens right now as well. Yes, and uh, we were a batch of 350-odd, and there were 35 girls. So, the cons... Pretty much the... Yeah. Back then. Yeah, I mean, so what had happened was in our year, and just the previous year, uh, uh, you know, the competition had started. And before that, it was the merit students uh, based on the number of marks which you had scored in class 12th, which used to get, you know, uh, admissions. Yes. So previous to previous batches used to have a good ratio, but our batch and all, and from there on, you know, the ratio was like, uh, so So one of the one of the things, you know, which you will always hear from our batchmates is that, oh, you know, where is GH? And, you know, uh, you know, when do we cross that barrier, et cetera, et cetera. So, uh, no, no, but, but uh, and, and other memories, you know, of course, you know, the camaraderie which we built, uh, it was a concept of regional engineering college. So 50% Haryana and 50% was rest of India. And every state had its quota. Uh, you know, so UP from where I was uh, based on the population dynamics had the maximum number of kids, uh, you know, coming in and all. So we were the largest along with MP and a couple of more Bihar and all. But it was an amalgamation of, you know, the entire India coming into one place and the true concept of a regional engineering college, you know, which used to happen in that. So we learned a lot about other cultures, other people, and that probably pretty much helped us, you know, how we've gone ahead in our professional journeys. That's fascinating. This place had a whole different geography back then. So after your VTech degree, you worked at Wipro as an assistant system analyst for around one and a half years. After that, you pursued your master's in marketing and finance from IM Kozikode, which changed your career path drastically from core to business. So what were your intentions and thinking back then choosing IAM and choosing this path? And how did pursuing an MBA change your career prospects? Ah, okay, all right. So just a quick correction. So it was TCS, you know, which had come in 92, 96, you know, which we had joined from campus. And that was just the time of, uh, you know, the boom which had happened in the internet era. Um, and they were our largest recruiter 
and they had set a record at that time, you know, by recruiting the most from a single organization. Uh, joined them, never liked coding. Uh, always was on the business side as well as probably wanted a marketing job at that time. Uh, and there's a funny story behind it, you know, and I was just telling and reminding some people. So there used to be this placement uh, committee, of course, and, and uh, the first organization which ever came to our batch was HCL uh, Technologies. And uh, they were delayed by two, two and a half, three hours. So there was a concept of having Patti and Maggie at the back gate, you know, which is your main gate from Kidmich Road right now. And it used to be just one dhaba there. So me and one of my best buddies, you know, we said, Ki, you know, it's not coming. So we went there, uh, you know, did our Maggie and Pati and came back. And by the time they had already come and that interest test had already began. And surprise, surprise, they had come for a marketing job. So the three people, uh, you know, who got in, uh, got marketing jobs. Whereas, you know, then TCS came and got placed. It was a completely coding and a technical job and all. So anyways, my mind was never there. And it was always... You know, it was a very set template in those days and it is not right now. If a girl is engineering or a girl is engineering and if you don't have MBA, then you know, it's an incomplete education. I don't know whether it's still the same. Uh, but at that time, it was very clear in our minds that, you know, if you've done your engineering, you have to do your MBA. An MBA from a good institute and that will only, you know, set up your life. That is, that is the concept. So, either you know, engineering may a lot of competition in IIT or NIT. And you know, then you get fit and all. But uh, so uh, when I went into K, it was the first batch. So we were the fifth IM after ABCL. And uh, it had its own charm, you know, being in God's own country, you know, in Kerala. And uh, there were these fascinating people, you know, who had come from all over. You know, there were economic graduates, there were BBAs, there were engineers. Although uh, uh, the, the, Batch size almost uh, and always had, uh, you know, more engineers. So it was always like a 60, 40 kind of that 60% were engineers and 40% was the rest of the art students, as we used to call them at that time. So it was a great experience. Uh, obviously, they taught us the tricks of the trade. And considering that I had worked for one and a half years in TCS and I'd seen some organization dynamics, now I think I, we could relate it to well, you know, what they were trying to teach us in organization design or in marketing strategies or in finance and accounting and everything and all. So so I think a lot of institutes now have done it mandatory that you can only do your postgraduate once you have some two or three years of experience and then only you can, you know, get in and all. And so because you have a correct perspective, but that doesn't mean that the freshers don't. Uh, one thing which we always joke about is that engineering kyun kari agar MBA karna tha? And uh, MBA karke aisa kya mila jo engineering karke nahi mil sakta tha? You know, so there are two two stories uh, which are which are there and which still floats around and all. You know, for example, I've done electronics and communication. I don't think I've ever utilized uh, that degrees knowledge uh, to anything, you know, which I did later on. Even TCS was, you know, more of coding on the C, C++ or some mainframe coding and all that. Uh, but, uh, but MBA, I mean, you know, I mean, so, 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 for example, I majored in marketing, right, and finance. And, and uh, then the job which I got was a sales job in Wipro, which was my first post-MBA job and all. And that laid down the, 
you know, the, the foundation and all, because I was coming from a good pedigree, NNIT, you know, and all. So to land my first dream job, because everybody who joins MBA wants to land up either with an FMCG or with a consulting firm. So I landed up with PricewaterhouseCoopers and that's where the management consulting journey began. And as they said that, you know, consultants have that knack of you know, so from that moment onward, I think that I've been a pretty smart cookie in terms of facing the challenges in life and, you know, how to go about it, uh, you know, and everything, you know, came from, from that perspective that, you know, how do you analyze the as-is? How do you analyze what's going to be? And therefore, you know, draw up a roadmap or an action plan and all and then sort it out and all. So that's, that's how it changed the perspective and everything and all. So, yeah. So you said, as good scenario for a team to wear, sublog and me negative. So shall we consider doing MBA or to we skip it? After me. So, no. So that's, that's again what I'm saying. So I mean, um, you know, I mean, say if you are an engineer and you land up a pretty decent job or a pretty decent gig, you know, in terms of a startup and all, I mean, everything that you're going to learn there, it's not that MBA teaches you something. It, MBA is just giving you a further stamp that if you wanted to pursue something more, you know, you go for it. It sometimes also happens, and as in our batch also, uh, the people who have done their MBAs, you know, after going to US and after five, six, seven years and all, they have met people there, you know, whom, with whom they have now co-founded very successful companies and all. So all I'm saying is probably the MBA or the next level of your education also opens more avenues for you. Probably in BTEC, your avenues were limited, you were bacha, you were still trying to, you know, get mature. But also after your BTEC, and if you land up in a good job, in a good atmosphere where a lot of people have come from different institutes and all, I mean, there's no, no hard and fat rule, you know, which says that, you know, post-graduation karna hai. But it's, it's like a set template, especially in India. I mean, I don't know, you know, whether it's changed right now, has it? No, it's not, right? You know, you still need to do your PG or, and if, you know, you can clap, okay. It's changing, yeah. No, no, because the avenues have opened up. You know, I mean, uh, I think Lakshita was asking uh, sometime back ki, uh, whether you guys used to do any startup gigs, you know, during your four-year course, you know, besides your studies and all. And I was just trying to explain her ki, in fact, phones We never used to have mobile phones and all. I think the first phone I saw was two years after passing. And it was that big Nokia mega set. There was a landline phone and you know the there used to be a meter on STD bills and all. So when we used to call our parents, we always used to look at, you know, how fast the meter is going and how soon my money is going to run out and all. You know, to make any STD call and all. So, uh, no, again, it's, it's, it's not a set template. It's all depending upon, you know, what opportunities you're getting, how you are opening up, how curious you are to learn more. And that sets up your next phases of thing and all. I mean, if you see, I think history will say, and, you know, lots of school dropouts, lots, lots of MBA dropouts, and lots of people who haven't studied that well have made it big. So, again, this is, this is more like a safe option, if I'll say. You know, to play very safe in your career, you did your BTEC, now you're doing your PG, you're set for life. That's, that's a safe template, but you can make something unsafe out of it, something adventurous out of it, or you need not do your PG and still, you know, can make something adventurous out of, you know, your first gig and all. That's what it is.
Having worked across different geographies, including the US and UK, how did your international experience influence your approach to consulting? And what were the key takeaways from working in all these different months? So, uh, you know, I've been lucky to work in that era, you know, when consulting was pretty much sought after. Uh, so having started from Middle East, you know, which is absolutely in heaven for consultants, to living in UK and working there, you know, for continental Europe clients, Asia Pacific clients, and, you know, serving North America and all. I mean, two or three things, you know, come in pretty well. You know, one is that uh, uh, they are not a different breed of people, you know, who are living across in that geography. Uh, if we think that they're smarter than us, then that is not the case. Uh, of course, you know, their entire upbringing enables them to be more creative and innovative rather than, you know, in our system, it's more of rote learning and all. So they think on different aspects, whereas you may be very structured in your thought process and all. So the international exposure, you know, enables you to learn and embrace the different cultures, how people think about a problem, and therefore it enables you to also get prepared that, you know, how you were to tackle the next problem and all. So if I've worked with Britishers, if I've worked with North Americans, if I've worked with Middle East, you know, which is a completely different world altogether, it has just opened up more avenues of your thoughts that, you know, this is how you need to go about, this is how you need to serve. So, so for example, you know, when I was doing my own gig, which was on high grounds, and I had a lot of inflow of Polish clients or German clients or North American clients, I could relate to, you know, what they were seeking for and uh, therefore address. Exactly, exactly, yeah. It's you started the startup on high grounds and then you started co-founded why we are witches. What have been the key lessons from your entrepreneurial journey? Everybody should go for it. And that's one. You know, I mean, uh, there are talks about that boss I don't like what I'm doing. Uh, I am not waking up and then eager to go for something, you know, which I yearn for. Or I'm waking up and now but office and I don't you know feel like going to office and you know work for that shitty atmosphere and all that stuff. I mean if that is something because of all the avenues which have opened right now, you know, in terms of startups, in terms of you know all the funding available, in terms of lots and lots of our alum, you know, also doing co-founding stuff and all, and the success stories, you know, which are around unicorns and all being formed. <clears throat> and it's not necessary that the entrepreneurial stint has to turn into a unicorn or you have to sell it off and earn your millions of dollars. The peace it gives you in terms of controlling your own destiny and not having to listen to anyone and making your own decisions, running for your successes, running for your failures. I mean, that probably, you know, defines it all. And, you know, I, I mean, one is that, say I'm a very avid golfer, okay? And there are a lot of CXO community or people, you know, whom I play golf with. So typically a golfing session lasts for four and a half hours. Uh, and you are basically talking to them because you can only hit the ball and then you have to walk towards the ball, right? So you have five minutes before you hit the other ball. So you talk. So, so when you introduce yourself as an entrepreneur doing some crazy stuff like taking people to the mountains, it always used to, you know, draw, wow. Oh, can you actually do that? You know, oh, we would love to come with you. You know, that's how I used to do my networking and my business and all, you know, in the years and all. That was free marketing. <clears throat> there was no upfront investment. I used to get my gigs from there. 
We used to do 12 to 14 trips a year and phenomenal. So, and, and, and I'm also not saying that it's for everyone, right? I talked about the safe career. I talked about societal pressures because my mom used to say, Ki tu travel. Exactly, exactly. So, my mom said that you a travel operator. You have to do so you have MBA. And now you a travel operator, you have to So, there are societal stuff and all also, you know, which come up. And then there is the failure, the fear of failure. So, but, but, but if you read all these startup books and all, and there's a very one uh, written by one of the guys, and I'll just come back to that, is that if you don't take that plunge, you will never do it. There is no right moment. There's no right moment for, I'm financially secure. Now, let's start my you know, gig on my entrepreneurial start. If you don't do it, you will never know what you know, was supposed to happen uh, you know, and all. So, yeah. Okay. So, fast forward to the present. You've now, you are now the Vice President of Sustainability Advisory and the Sales Transformation Programs at Capgemini Invent. Can you share some insights into your current role and the projects you've been involved in? Right. So uh, when COVID struck, obviously travel business came to a stop and I was only playing golf. And then my wife said, So very reluctantly, you know, I, I joined corporate back uh, and I joined CAP. So the work, uh, you know, I mean, as you guys would have heard that, you know, there's no plan and B. And, you know, with the amount of climate change which has happened, you know, we come to Kurukshetra and we find that it's almost December and it's still not, uh, you know, cold enough. You know, I'm, I'm actually currently sitting in a t-shirt, which is crazy. So why is it happening? And, you know, you would have heard that last week only we crossed that two degree barrier, you know, for the first time ever. Uh, so, so everybody has to strive for it. There are net zero visions and strategies which have been defined by organizations. So I feel that, first of all, sustainability is a recession-proof career to be in. Because everybody's going to go for sustainability. Everybody has to, you know, uh, go for compliance. Everybody has to meet their net zero aim, goals and visions, and they will need service providers for that, right? Even in tech firms, you know, for example, Sakar, you know, who's going to be coming probably for your next podcast, you know, who runs... Uh, you know, who works with BMC and, you know, they do data center operations and, you know, help them, uh, you know, with that. I mean, we are talking about green data centers now. Green. So, yeah. So we are saying that, you know, oh, even if you have moved your infrastructure from your current premises to a cloud, uh, so this is going a little bit technical. So if you are having and running your own data center operations within your premises, you're basically emitting carbon because of the energy which you're emitting, uh, Right. But when you move to a cloud, you have now moved in from, uh, you know, from your own premises to the cloud, thinking that now I have, you know, now the, the GHG emissions and the carbon emissions have gone there. But what source of energy are they using? Are they using fossil fuel? Are they using green energy? What, what setup have they got in their data center operations which reduces emissions? You know, so, so there's, a, there's a complete value chain now. Anything and everything which you do, the clothes which you wear, uh, Levi's is coming up with sustainable t-shirts, you know, so they're no longer doing colored dyes, but they're doing plant-based dyes because dyes are very, very harmful to the water. Okay, uh, L'Oreal, for example, or your Colgate's, you know, they, you, you use your tubes, uh, toothpaste. Now, the toothpaste tube is actually plastic and it's not, you know, biodegradable. 
they're coming up with new product design where they're replacing that with aluminum. And there's a lot of product research which is happening. I mean, the entire industry is going for a change in terms of new business models, new products, new services, new supply chains, new ways of working. So this is a very fascinating field to be in. And it essentially is now defining, you know, what is the next step for an organization. If I can just, uh, so one of the largest cigarette manufacturers in the world, because of its sustainability goals and vision and net zero strategies and everything is all, is now just redefine their vision and they're going to become a health company in three years time. Imagine a tobacco giant wanting to take lives because it causes cancer and all, and that's a higher selling product, now completely changing their purview and wanting to become a health firm. So that's the kind of stuff, you know, which we're seeing in the world and it's absolutely fascinating. So yeah, typical consulting, IT strategy roadmaps is good, but sustainability advisory is a completely different ball game and absolutely, I love that thing and all. So, so you know, the, the principles which we used to apply in on high grounds, you know, during the Himalayan travel that don't leave any waste and, you know, whatever wrappers you are eating, you know, pick them up, don't destroy the ecological system and all, it's all coming back in business. And and that's what it's, so is making it rethink that, you know, I've spent now three years back in the corporate world. I think it's time again for me to venture out and all. So I'm very, very uh, seriously looking, you know, to go back to on high grounds and restarting it. Powerful stuff, sir. Now let us move on to our last segment of Netlast, the rapid fire round. Okay. This is a lightning path based round where we explore quick yet insightful responses to a variety of intriguing questions, shedding light on your experiences, insights, and the dynamic worlds you've been a part of. We'll start with the first question. If you could sit down for dinner with one legendary person, dead or alive, who would it be? Oh, it's a quick, it's a rapid fire, right? Uh, Tiger Woods. Okay. If you had to recommend one book that has significantly influenced your approach to business, what would it be? Uh, rich Dad, Poor Dad. Okay, apps. In this fast-paced world of business, what's your go-to productivity hack to stay on top of your game? Sports. Uh, and fitness. If I'm not doing that every day in the morning, then I don't think I can face the challenges. What's the best non-monetary investment you've made in your self or your career? My wife. Power or pain? Power. What's your preferred superpower? Uh, playing scratch all the time. In my golfing career, that's that's all it is. Yeah, I was talking about. So that concludes the rapid fire segment. We sincerely thank Mr. Nitin Gupta for sharing his inspiring journey and wisdom with our listeners today. We wish you good luck and best health for your future endeavors, sir. Stay tuned for more stories of resilience, transformation, and success from our Arnati Kurukshetra alumni community. Remember, your journey is full of possibilities and embracing change can lead to remarkable transformations. Stay inspired, stay connected, and stay tuned for more stories of our alumni's accomplishments. Goodbye for now. Thank you.